Welcome to Transparency Talks, the podcast produced by Volume that focuses on transparency, truth, and trust. I'm Jeff Kelly Lowenstein, founder and executive director of the Center for Collaborative Investigative Journalism, or CCIJ. And today, we are very fortunate to be joined by Khaled Suleiman. Uh, Khaled is a newer member to our community, and he's already made a significant contribution writing a very moving blog post that speaks to some of the issues that he raises in his recently published book uh, about water. So thank you so much, Khaled, for joining us and welcome to Transparency Talks. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Jeff. I'm really happy to talk uh, to you. No, thank you, Khaled, and we're, we're honored to have you join us. And uh, I just wanted to start, I know that you've done a lot of different things. You've done training, you've done uh, journalism, you've written columns, you organize collaborations. Can you just take us back to your decision originally to become a journalist? Can you talk to us about what, what influenced you to make that decision as a choice where to put your energy. You know, there's a story to, 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 to tell you. You know, on a winter night in, uh, in the end of 1980s, under the totalitarian regime of Saddam Hussein, in a concentrated camp in Kurdish camp in Kurdistan, I was watching an American film. The film was about innocent, uh, innocent uh, civilian victims were killed by uh, regime similar to Saddam's uh, regime. So there, there was in, in, in that film two, two, two characters, you know, two journalists, cameraman and female journalists were looking for the corpse of, of the victims in, in uh, uh, mass grave. So while the, the subject of this fi that film was, you know, sad, but there was a, a love story, you know, between the, both journalists. So on that dark night, I wished to become journalist. I wished to become the cameraman who never forget love in a time of tragedy. So from that night, I, come, I decided to become journalist accidentally. Can you, can you talk a little bit more about that? I know you're, you're from Kurdistan, uh, in Iraq. Uh, you've, you've written quite a bit about uh, the, the Kurdish people and, of course, about other countries uh, in the region. So can you talk a little bit about those experiences and then, and then your desire to tell those stories? I'm just talking about stories and I tell stories, but I think this is my way and this is my uh, uh, method to, to work as a journalist. In 2005 in Montreal, I wrote a short essay in French and published it in Montreal, you know, the, the, that essay, you know, entitled A Night of Dreams and One Thousand Nights of Fears. Through that essay, I wanted to, to narrate my own stories with sadness and, you know, to revive my, the memory of my relatives 
because I lost them in in the time of gen genocide, uh, uh, you know, uh, against the Kurds in the end of 1980s in Iraq by Saddam's regime. So those who were killed by Saddam's regime and I, I didn't know even I'd know uh, where's the mass grave where, where they are. I don't, I don't know. You know, a big part of uh, those relatives. You know, I, uh, since uh, 1988, I don't know when where they are. One year later, uh, this was uh, 2005, 2006. I wrote a book. You know, the idea of a thousand. Night of Fears became a book in Arabic, and I wrote the book in Arabic. And sometimes when we talk about politics, when we talk about our own opinion, maybe the others cannot listen to us because they have, you know, they have other opinion, they have other, other, other ideology. But when we talk about, uh, you, know, uh, human, you know, human stories, when we are humanizing our stories and we focus on human interests, you know, and the others uh, can't listen to us, to us. So that's what I did when I started to write in Arabic in Beirut and, and other countries in, in, in Arab world. So when I published any article, any opinion article, you know, about Kurds, and nobody was, you know, was interested to, for, to, to this article. But when I start to, to narrate, to write, and to, 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 uh, uh, to publish stories about my family, uh, you know, about kids, about women, uh, so the people, you know, the, the others started to, 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 to read my articles, to, to, uh, to, to, to build a bridge between them and between me and me too i ha i start to build this the a bridge between my, myself and the others so this is what the, the the storytelling what the good way to you know to build the uh, human dialogue to 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 uh, positive dialogue with the others so it's a very powerful set of experiences you're sharing, Khaled, and I'm very sorry to hear about the experiences you went through personally and that your that your family went through, but I'm I'm picking up in in some of the more politically oriented writing and in this very beautiful blog post that you shared on our site uh, a desire to to build that bridge. And to me, if I'm hearing correctly the the impulse and the core of of, of your work it's it's not only an, a a connection between you and the audience and what you're writing about, but I, I feel that there's a connection between memory, uh, between history, and between acknowledging the importance of uh, and the reality of family and of the of the Kurdish people. If I'm hearing you correctly, and I just wanted to read a little bit from this this blog post that you wrote for our site, and then have you. Have you comment on it? If that's okay, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. So, so you write, Khalid, my narration is a part of the solutions that we're looking for today to avoid thirst and hunger, and it is about one man's loving relationship with the mulberry tree that stood beside his small house after he got married and separated 
from his grandparents' house. I was born in that small house. I saw the mulberry tree my father had brought from another village and planted in our new home. Just beside the tree, he dug a well that we never drank from. The tree did not drink from it either because the water never flowed. Once we grew up, my dad closed up the well, but the tree didn't stop growing. Our village was and still is located in Garmian region, which is an arid area and one of the flattest areas of an Iraqi Kurdistan. The only water source that quenched our thirst and our loneliness were wells and a river called Awespi or White River. In the village that seemed out of time and was completely destroyed during the Anfal genocide against the Kurds by Saddam Hussein's regime in 1988, no one was taught how to manage the scarce resources. I really feel that that encapsulates the sense of history, the sense of genocide, that lack of closure that you described, not knowing what happened to your relatives, uh, the, the role of water, the connection to your father, uh, the Kurdish people, uh, the, the storytelling. So, so to me, it, it just encapsulates a lot. But am I understanding you correctly? Am I, am I interpreting what you are putting out in the world accurately, Khaled? If I have something to add, just I tell you, you know, Jeff, today, scientifically and internationally, we talk a lot about uh, nature-based solutions. You know, in, in conf international conferences, international, you know, meeting uh, in, in, in Europe, in the United States, in Canada, everywhere, we talk a lot about, you know, nature-based solutions in terms of climate change and reducing the impact of climate change. But I want to tell the, the, the audience, we, we were, you know, the guards of water, and we had, when we were living in that small village, you know, in, in Kurdistan, we had our own nature-based solutions. Thank you, Khaled, and I appreciate your, and I know that's, of course, the title of, of your recent book. And I wanted to uh, talk with you a little bit because you, you uh, communicate, you write in English, you write in French, you write in Arabic, uh, you're, you're, you're from Kurdistan, you're living in Canada, you studied theater, you do training, you write essays. So, so there's a very uh, remarkable fluidity and, and ability to access many different tools and many different ways to communicate your message. Can you talk a little bit about that, about your, your using of different languages, different formats, your, your, your background in theater? Because it, it's a very distinctive uh, element to me of, of what I've started to learn about your work. I started to learn English, you know, very late, you know, when I was 14. So just just ten years ago, and I was uh, I start to to learn French uh, when I came to Canada, and before that I was you know I speak just Kurdish, uh, so it was it was not easy to to learn and to speak four languages you know Kurdish Arabic French and English, and sometimes I'm facing really I I'm mixing uh, all these languages when I'm talking about uh, with the others. But, you know, exp different experiences, you know, 
in Kurdistan, in Iraq, in Syria, because I was in Syria for five, for five years too. And uh, after that, I came to Canada, this, you know, lovely country. Uh, and also, I learned from everywhere I went, I learned, and uh, I get new, new kind of knowledge, new kind of human experiences, you know, in terms of uh, journalism and storytelling. You know, I, I learned from, from Arab, from American, from the Canadian, from European, and especially when I went back to Iraq, because in 2009, I went back to Iraq to, to, to work as an uh, editor-in-chief uh, for a weekly magazine in, 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 in Kurdistan. So I, li- I like to tell you, you know, here, when I, I was in Kurdistan 2009, 2010, so I became an editor-in-chief in, in weekly magazine, I started to make the special number about uh, wildlife and uh, biodiversity in Kurdistan. You know that my, my, my colleagues were really surprised what, what I'm going to do. What's the subject? Because you know that at that time, and still, media is influenced, is controlled, is dominated by, by, by political opinion. So when we talk about uh, wildlife, so, so what? What does it mean? I'm talking about well, birds, animals, uh, insects. What does it mean that? We have to talk about politics. We, we have to, to change this system. Okay, we have to change it. It's okay, I am agree. But we have to change it uh, through not just politics, through you know, environmental issues, health system, education systems. So I had a lot of challenges when I went back to Iraq, but I didn't stop. I know when we sp- first spoke, Khalid, you mentioned a collaborative project you have planned with journalists from other countries in the Middle East and North Africa region. Can you, can you tell us something about that project and, and how it's come together and how you are coordinating it and what you're hoping to uh, have happen as a result of that project? Next week, I'm going to start to work uh, with uh, some international, you know, uh, media center, uh, especially they have uh, projects in Iraq. Uh, one of them is with the French international, French French international organization to to, to, to for media developing, and they have a project for six Arab countries in Middle East and North Africa about the, you know, the uh, solution journalism and environmental issues, how to work on environmental issues on those uh, Arab countries. So we are going to start, I think, uh, the end of July, we are going to start to work on this project. And also I'm working also with the Free Press Unlimited, uh, based in, in, in Amsterdam. This is a Dutch organization, also about some topic, some topic, but in Iraq. So how to, and this project is based on, you know, uh, storytelling uh, solutions, how to f- find solution for uh, environmental issues, environmental uh, challenges, 
waterless drought in Iraq through storytelling and how to involve a local community to, to find solutions. It's, it's, very, it's very exciting, and I really am struck by that point again of the storytelling, of the community connection and relationship and engagement. I just wanted to talk for a minute, Khalid, in your writings and, and in your trainings and in your work, you're, you're, you're talking about the role of education, uh, gender sensitivity, LGBTQ, a different relationship with, with water, independence for the, for the Kurdish people. So, so there's a lot going on there that feels like there's a real moral core that calls for some very profound change. Is that true that you would like to see a very broad type of change, not just in, in the region where you're from, but more generally, but specifically in that region? Yeah, sure. Uh, you are totally right. You know, uh, you know the, my experiences, uh, you know, give me a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, perspective uh, about the human, human life, human experiences. Uh, so when when i i wrote a story about uh, uh, in senegalese as we say in french you know a woman from senegal and the, the, there was no big difference between between yeah, a woman from senegal and a woman f- uh, from iraq the change is not just coming from you know a political system it's coming coming from you know uh, from the society, from culture, from you know uh, how how we think, how we eat, how we protect uh, our resources. I don't think a lot of people know about what it's like to work as a journalist and to do investigative work uh, in the region, but also specifically as a Kurdish uh, journalist in Iraq. And what what moments stand out from you for this experience? I don't think a lot of people know just how difficult that is to do. Yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy to, 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 to be an independent journalist in, in Kurdistan and Iraq because uh, just I think I mentioned it in Iraq is the media outlets is dominated by political party, political opinion, and uh, you have to work in, in, in interest of government and politicians. So it, it's very difficult to be independent, to report independently. So, may I can say, I am lucky because I am Canadian, I, I can travel, I can work with the others, but for local journalists, uh, you know, they don't, they don't have other choice. They don't have other, you know, uh, mechanism to work independently. To, to work as an independent uh, journalist, you have to... You have to find yourself on the ground. Just two years ago in Iraq, there, there was a huge flood in, in Iraq. And I couldn't get information, right information. So in the end, I was obligated to go there and to meet people closely to understand what's going on. So I could say not easy to be independent journalists in Iraq and Kurdistan too, and Middle East, I think, uh, in general. Because all media, all media outlets is dominated by 
political party. Every political party has own media. And this is, you know, I, 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 I'm not seeing in, in Canada and the United States, for example, or in, in Europe. I know a number of journalists who have worked in the region. And exactly as you said, there's those issues of which sources do you trust, making sure you get the voices of the people out, your own credibility, and, and really a lot of danger. I know a lot of people work uh, work in, in quite a bit of danger. Can, can you talk a little bit, Khaled? I know you've lived in uh, a number of different places, but the move to Canada, what, what prompted your departure? And uh, even as it's distant uh, from your home, it's, there's, there are certain advantages uh, a little bit to, to being in Canada in certain ways and, and other challenges as well. Can you talk about the move and, and what prompted that departure and how it's going for you? Yeah, you know, coming to Canada, it was not, you know, really I, I came to Canada till I can say accidentally. I was in Damascus, so I, I was refugees, you know. And uh, one day, you know, uh, United Nations uh, Nation High Commissars of, uh, for Refugees, so they told me if I need to go to Canada or not. And right away, I say, yes, I'm going to Canada. So in the first meeting in, 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 in Canadian Embassy in Damascus, so the Canadian, you know, uh, consulate, she told me, which city I, uh, I choose. So I told her, Montreal. She told me, ah, good, you speak French so well. I, I, I told her, no, I'm not speaking French, even not, either no to English. So, <laughs> yeah. and she told me why I'm choosing uh, Montreal. Well, I told her, best, just I know some, you know, I have little idea, you know, it's control. Is cultural city, you know, there's a lot of culture, there's a lot of community, so that's it. So I can learn French and I'm going there. Well, I appreciate your, your sharing that. And there's been so many uh, uh, moments of, of uh, you know, lo losing your family members in, in the genocide, uh, being in the, in, the, in the concentration camp you mentioned, becoming a refugee in Syria, and yet you're bringing... Uh, such a, a, a committed and forward-looking and generative and positive purpose. Really remarkable, Khaled. Is, is there anything that I have not asked you that is important to know about you and your work? No, thank you very much. If, uh, you know, I don't have... Uh, may I can just say um, now I'm writing, um, I'm working on other books, uh, it's about corona pandemic and climate change. So this is my, my actually I'm working on this uh, uh, on this project in Arabic, but in French I'm working on a book. It's my own stories, my my narrative. So I don't know. Maybe the book will be finish the end of this year or next year. I don't know, but I'm working. Clear, clearly, you're working and you're also bringing the journalists to, to the Middle East. And in some ways, that's very fitting that you're working in two languages on uh, the, the, the personal 
stories in the French, and yet then the the uh, the, the climate change and coronavirus. So I definitely look look forward to that. Uh, any any final thoughts, Khaled, before we uh, conclude the conversation? Thank you very much. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity, and I would like to thank you. Well, th- thank you, Khaled, very much for for joining us and for for talking with us, for sharing these uh, wide range and and often very painful experiences, and and for letting us know experiences that that we have not ourselves had, but that how you have responded to them and how they've shaped your work uh, as you've done it before in all these different ways and as you're doing it going forward. So thank you very much, Khalid. This is Transparency Talks, the podcast that focuses on members in our community and issues of truth, transparency, and trust. I'm Jeff Kelly Lowenstein, founder and executive director of the Center for Collaborative Investigative Journalism, or CCIJ. You can find out more about our work at ccij.io. Stay safe and stay true. Thank you very much for joining us. Volume.